Hello and welcome to the Let's Guide podcast, the ultimate podcast for Google Local Guides. You're listening to episode number 32. Now look, this Google Maps team is seriously messing up my planning. Typically, I record one episode per month on a specific topic related to the Local Guides program and then I add a short section at the end where I talk about some new features. But they now keep releasing so much new stuff and revealing a seemingly endless list of interesting new facts that I'm forced now to make a dedicated episode to tell you all about these wonderful newsworthy topics in full length. There's 18 of them if you add them all up. Actually, I don't mind doing all that, all that, of course. I even love it. And I'm pretty sure that the majority of the audience in this podcast feels exactly the same way. As usual, before kicking off, I want to mention that I'm not an official representative of Google or the local guides team, but just a local guide like most of you. Everything I uh, tell in this podcast is just my personal interpretation of things. This episode is recorded in the middle of March 2021 and is describing the situation as it is today. Should you be listening at the later date, things might obviously have changed. Let's get started! As I mentioned in the intro, when I started counting all of the news items for today's episode, I ended up at the amazing number of 18. Some uh, some are rather small, others not so small. So I will just dive into them in no particular order. Number one, some users of Maps have reported seeing notifications about delays during their navigation caused by railroad crossings. The website Auto Evolution reported on this, and I'll link to that article in the show notes, of course, and they claim to have seen it on Reddit. This is actually a feature which is already available on the navigation app Waze, which is also owned by Google, as you might know, but now it seems to be popping up as well in Google Maps. If you're curious how this, what this looks like exactly, check out the article in the show notes. You will also there find a link to the second topic I want to address, and that's something the tech website The Verge reported on. By the way, if you're looking for a great tech podcast, make sure to check out The Vergecast. That's one of my personal favorites. Well, um, The Verge uh, reported that Google Maps will now let you pay for public transportation and parking right through the Maps app. In a first step, only in US cities, um, only on Android. But there are already plans to bring this also to iPhone. And I guess this will also roll out to other countries later. Number three is a new feature or really the rolling out on a bigger scale of an existing thing, which was reported by a local guide from Argentina. Hey, listeners from Argentina, thanks for being such a loyal part of the audience. Love you all, of course. So Argentinian local guide Sebas C, who reported it on Local Guides Connect, the official forum for uh, local guides. 
He reported that Google Maps now has loads of what you could describe as landmark icons to represent important buildings or monuments in cities all across the globe. Those are small, stylized drawings that show what a building looks like and where it is located in a city. I had seen this already in the past for some really world-famous landmarks, such as the Eiffel Tower in Paris or the Statue of Liberty in New York. But now there are loads of them for all kinds of buildings. I'll link in the show notes to the Connect post, of course, but do check out the cities in your country. I bet you can find some of those landmark icons there too. Number four is also a feature that was reported on Connect by a fellow local guide and also Connect moderator Hermes from beautiful Treviso in Italy. He noticed that Google Lens is now completely integrated into Maps. This means that you can have text in pictures you find on Maps directly translated inside of the Maps app which is very useful for pictures of, for example, menus or signs with useful information on points of interest. Um, just imagine how useful this can be if you're traveling in a country or an area where you don't speak the local language, which would be the case if I would find myself in that Treviso area. I really need to do that once the travel restrictions are a thing of the past, because I've heard somewhere that there are interesting meetups in that region from time to time, usually visited by a wonderful collection of local guides. And at this point, hello, of course, to all listeners in Italy. You know I love all of you too, of course. I'll uh, link to Hermes's post uh, in the show notes, of course. Next up is a really big change, especially in terms of the number of changes that the Maps team needed to make to the product in order to make this feature available. I have reported on the fact that it was announced in the news sections of previous episodes, but now it's really there, and I can tell you uh, that it's there from personal experience. Dark mode is there on Google Maps. The app users who already have it, uh, as with a lot of new features, this is not rolled out to everyone at the same time. So no worries if you don't have it yet, it will come soon. So if you have it, there is a menu item theme in the settings of the Maps app where you can choose to run the app always in light theme, always in dark theme or a third option same settings as the device settings. So adapting light or dark according to what you have set as your general preferences for the entire phone. Some people have already reported that they don't like the dark mode because the map in the default layer shows less details. That is, it's harder to distinguish between certain details and certain map elements. But personally, I like it a lot also because I normally don't use the default map, but the satellite view map. The only thing which is now still missing, and at this point I'm of course addressing the Googlers in the audience, who I obviously all love as well very much. This is definitely becoming the most loving episode so far. So what is still missing is dark mode for connect, of course. These days, that's more or less the only remaining thing I regularly use on my phone, which is not having dark mode. 
In case you don't have it yet but would like to see what it looks like, I'll uh, link to an article from The Verge that has some screenshots. And that brings us to number six, which I call the color indication of busyness. I always have difficulties pronouncing that word as it sounds like you're incorrectly pronouncing business, but I really mean busyness, the degree that a shop or another place on maps is busy or crowded if you want. This indication about how busy a place is at a particular time of the day has been on maps in a text format for a while now, things like busier than usual or as busy as it gets, which is then shown under the uh, point of interest name. But recently I have noticed that in case a place was very busy, so with the text being as busy as it gets, that this was accompanied by a small pinkish purple circle at the bottom of the map marker, the pin. As this is something I have uh, found no article about yet, but I've seen myself, I will simply share a screenshot if you want to see this in the show notes. Talking about the map marker brings us to number seven. You might have already have noticed that if you type in the word restaurant or pizzeria as a search term in uh, maps, the results now no longer show an orange pin with a white knife and fork, the icon we are used to at the location of the search results, but a bigger white pin that has a red icon on the left and the average rating, so the score between 1 and 5, next to it. This obviously makes having good ratings and reviews even more important than it already was for restaurants, as of course the rating will immediately appear next to the ratings of all the competitors right there on the map. Quite an impactful novelty if you ask me. Those red icons, by the way, also vary depending on the type of restaurants. For example, a pizzeria will show a slice of pizza, a hamburger restaurant, a hamburger. In case you haven't seen this yet, I'll also share a screenshot of this in the show notes. The following one, that must be number eight, is one I really like a lot myself. And it has to do with the way you can use Street View on your phone. Well, at least I know it's there for Android phones. I'm not sure uh, if it's for iOS available as well. Please, if you can either confirm or deny this, feel free to drop a note in the comments. I was really surprised, in a positive way of course, when I first saw this. When you now enter Street View on your phone, it opens in a split-screen mode where the top half of the screen is the Street View footage as we are used to, but the bottom half of the screen contains that exact part of the map in satellite view, with the blue Street View, street view lines drawn onto it. And it also has a pointer that shows which direction uh, you're facing in the upper half of the screen. So in the bottom half you can easily see which side of the street you're looking at which is often tricky when you only have the street view images in full screen. By the way, you can still choose to have the uh, street view uh, full screen by tapping the expand button in the bottom right corner of that uh, upper screen half. And what I especially like about this is the interaction between the two halves of the screen. 
If you move along the blue line uh, in the Street View upper half, the map part at the bottom follows along very nicely and vice versa. Simply brilliant. Apparently this feature used to be there already in 2015, 2016, and I really have no clue why it was removed. But as I said, I'm really glad that it made it back into the Maps app. I'll also provide a screenshot of that in the show notes. Number nine then brings us to Google My Business. That's the program that allows business owners to manage their listing on Google Maps. One of the tools offered in it is a form that business owners can use to report reviews as inappropriate. What we see here, as reported in an article by the website Search Engine Land, and I'll link to that of course, is perfectly in line with some of the changes we reported in episode number 30. More context is given to explain what exactly is meant with the various options the business owners can choose from when they mark a review as inappropriate. Take, for example, spam. It used to be just the word spam. Now that also gets an additional explanation. The review is from a bot, a fake account, or contains ads and promotions. Makes it easier to pick the correct option, I think, and will no doubt help getting the submission processed, which, by the way, Google claims will be done within three business days according to a pop-up screen that the business owner gets to see after submitting the form. We're halfway through. The next topic I want to cover has been around for a while, but it seems to be rolled out to a much wider audience these days. In fact, I have known about it for almost a year and a half now, but for a long time I was not allowed to discuss it as it was under NDA, non-disclosure agreement, a document you need to sign if you get uh, information about a new feature which is not yet publicly known. So that's quite normal. You have to sign this if you get early access. I'm referring, of course, to Roadmapper, the program that allows local guides to draw roads in specific areas of the globe where a lot of mapping still needs to be done. As I said, this is now being rolled out to an increasing number of local guides. The Roadmapper tool as such is not linked to your local guides account and it also doesn't bring you any local guides points, but you do need to log in with your Google accounts. And I can tell you from my personal experience that it's also uh, very much a fun thing to do. Originally, you could draw roads in so-called missions in Venezuela, Nigeria and Myanmar. And after a while, uh, also Ethiopia was added. But if you check now, you will see that the Venezuela mission is already marked as completed with a modest 43.2 kilometers of roads added by yours truly. If you don't have access to Roadmapper yet, there's unfortunately nothing you can do to get access except, as is so often the case, uh, wait until you get invited, invited rather to join. Okay, where are we on the list? Right, number 11. Some of you might have come across the awkward situation in the past that a place was marked as temporarily closed, but in reality was permanently closed. The only possibility you then had to correct this was to first mark that business as open again and once that edit was approved, 
mark it as permanently closed because the temporarily closed status was preventing you from submitting any kind of edit edit also the edit to mark it as permanently closed this has now changed edits are now possible for points of interest that are marked as temporarily closed this makes a lot of sense of course especially during the covid related lockdowns we are facing in a lot of countries i've certainly used this improved editing possibility quite a few times already either to unfortunately mark places as permanently closed or to correct information on places that are now temporarily closed but might open again soon after all for all we know a cleaned up maps listing might help this business once they're open again and while we're on the topic of making edits let's move on to number 12. the edit notifications in the system tray of your phone are back they were gone for quite a while but now they're visible again when an edit is approved a notification will show up in the area uh, at the top of your phone in the shape of a white pin often there will also be an entry in the notifications tab under updates so i mean in the menu at the bottom of the google maps app on your phone the uh, menu item uh, completely out there on the right is called updates and if you open that there's a tab called notifications well this tab now also shows shows your approved edits or at least some of them if you make multiple edits in a short time span only a few of those will show up in that notifications tab and here i would really need a drum roll to announce number 13 the list of edits is back for the local guides that make huge amounts of edits this has been a pain point a couple of times already at certain times local guides that make thousands of edits to the map don't see the edits they have made on their contributions page not in the app not in the desktop version you know that list where you can see if the edits you submitted are approved pending or not applied well that list is then simply empty which is very frustrating as those local guides are really focusing on edits but as i said now it's back let's hope it stays that way fingers crossed number 14 is not really a new feature but a new approach to adding new categories usually the list grows at a rate of a handful up to 10 or so every few months but now a whopping 45 new categories have been added at the same time i've grown used to referring to the number of categories available to local guides as just under 4000 but now i will need to grow into the habit of saying just over 4000 as there are now 4021 categories available to local guides i'll link in the show notes to a post i wrote on this topic on uh, connect another remarkable fact about those new categories apart from the sheer quantity i mean is the fact that quite a few of them seem to be meant for use in specific countries with a clear focus on asian countries but not only asian ones as uh, we will find out in a minute as usual when new categories are added i mean some of the new categories refer to businesses that were simply not around a couple of years ago like for example this time drone shop 
A lot of new ones are restaurant types again, which is also something we've seen before. By now almost 10% of all categories available are restaurant types, believe it or not. And as I mentioned, quite a few of the new categories are focusing on Asia. For example, Aadhaar Center in, in India, the Aadhaar card is something like the social security number, or a cycle rickshaw stand, or a pan shop, which is a beetle nut shop that you find in more or less every street in India. Thanks again to Connect moderator Tushar Suratkar for providing those details in the comments of uh, the post on Connect. But also new categories are added that are helpful in other countries, such as Chop Bar, which is a typical uh, type of restaurant in Ghana, as local guides uh, Shola Bella kindly confirmed. Greetings, of course, at this point to all local guides in India and Ghana. To find out all details, uh, please check out the link to my post on Local Guides Connect, which also has a link to the category overview posts, where I link to new posts uh, if there are any. So that might be a good one to bookmark if you're interested in categories on Google Maps. Almost there, only a few more to go. Next on my list is a blog post that Google published about the ways they tackle fake and fraudulent contributed contents. I'll link to it in the show notes. The post was written by Dan Pritchett, who is principal software engineer for Google Maps, and it contains some very, very interesting info. So Google makes efforts to understand what normal, authentic Google Maps usage looks like. For example, they notice that real users uh, usually add ratings or photos in location-specific clusters, so around the area where you live, around the area where you work, and so on. So if this insight is used, it could definitely help identify fake reviewers that are, for example, reviewing insurance agencies or dentists all over the country. The post then continues, Observations like these inform our machine learning algorithms, which scan millions of daily contributions. But there's more than that. We also deploy thousands of trained operators and analysts who help with content evaluations that might be difficult for algorithms, such as understanding reviews with local slang. Interesting. They also mention some numbers of what they did in 2020. They blocked or removed 55 million policy-violating reviews. 55 million. And nearly 3 million fake business profiles. Almost 1 million of, the re of those reviews and more than 300,000 business profiles were reported by Google Maps user users. So that reporting that you do does get followed up. Perhaps not always as quickly as you would like, but it's really acted upon. So by all means, keep reporting bad stuff on maps. Then they say they removed more than 160 million photos and three and a half million videos that either violated their policies or were of low quality. 
Furthermore, they disabled more than 610,000 user accounts after detecting and investigating suspicious or policy-violating behavior. If you're not sure what that all is about, go back and check episode number 6 of the Let's Guide podcast. It was called Breaking the Rules. And finally, they also mentioned that they stopped more than 3 million attempts by bad actors to verify business profiles. Impressive numbers, right? And remember, that was just 2020. And this is actually the point where this episode was supposed to end. But then, just a few days before I had scheduled the recording, Google published another blog post announcing even more new features. So let's quickly add three more items to our list. Here's then number 16. Photo updates. In the blog post, to which I'll link in the show notes, of course, they're calling this a new content type. If you're visiting a place and don't want to leave a rating or review, but still would like to upload some recent info about that place on maps, you can use this new content type. Their definition is that a Google Maps photo update is a recent snapshot of a place with a short text description, without the need to leave a review or rating. This feature uh, also is not yet available everywhere, so you might not see it yet. But if you have it, you can simply go to the Update tab of a place and see the Add a Photo button, uh, Add a Photo Update button. On the Updates page, the Google Maps users can then select whether they see the updates from the owner or from visitors. As Connect moderator Hermes also reported on this a few days prior to the launch of the feature, I'll also link to his post on the topic on Local Guides Connect. That same blog post also mentions our number 17, the possibility to add roads in the desktop version of Google Maps, which should not be confused with the Road Mapper program I talked about earlier. This new feature is in fact bringing to desktop what already existed on, in the app for mobile devices, the possibility to just draw a missing road straight onto the map. The post uh, contains a short uh, video that shows exactly how it works, so go check that out in the show notes. And finally, number 18, which is a bit of news, which was not in the official keywords, so the, the Google blog post, but in the Connect article about that blog post, it announces that you, dear listener, are now part of a local guides community that has a spectacular 150 million members around the globe. If Google is involved, numbers automatically have a tendency to get really, really big, it seems. And with that, believe it or not, we made it through the lists. Do get in touch with me if you have any questions, comments or remarks by sending, for example, an email to letsguidepodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter uh, under Local Guides Guru or on Local Guides Connect. And my real name, of course, Jan van Haver. The show notes you can find on the homepage, the website of the podcast, which is, of course, letsguidepodcast.com. Bye-bye for now and hope to find you in the audience in a couple of weeks when I publish episode number 33. Game over.